When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. You can hear her clearly, even in a barn full of cows. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Boy, now this is the August weather we look forward to. Cooling down starting later today and a beautiful weekend on the way. How are you, everybody? Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee. Hope you've got all kinds of plans of enjoying some outdoor activities, including the continuation of the Wisconsin State Fair right on through the weekend. Today, it looks like we'll see sunshine, 79 are expected high. Tomorrow, sunshine and 79, and Sunday, sunshine and 81 degrees. Doesn't look like we've got any of that severe weather that we've been talking about all week around at all. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist has those weather details coming up. We need you and your rain gauge. It's time for the Rural Mutual Rainfall Report, and we need you to text your rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. Be sure and include your name and where you're reporting from, because every month we'll pick a winner that will get a digital weather station, courtesy of the Midwest Farm Report and Rural Mutual Insurance. Premiums paid here, stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. The Wisconsin Soybean Association works hard to share the voices of Wisconsin soybean growers at the state and national level. And you can become a member at badgerbean.com. Besides a voice in Washington, WSA members receive free seed, discounted event tickets, and products. Not to mention news on the latest in soybean research and technology. And being a member of the Wisconsin Soybean Association also makes you a member of the American Soybean Association. So join today at badgerbean.com and help the Wisconsin Soybean Association go to work for you. You drive through many small towns in Wisconsin, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see. In many cases, they're not what they used to be. The grocery store might be gone, and of course, the the hardware store, the clothing store. Bob Bosel at the northern end of the world's longest barn, and of course, Pam, that's not something we like to see in Wisconsin, but there are some folks working on ways to make these small towns vibrant and still very worthwhile. Yeah, you're right, Bob. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. It's interesting. After I did this story, I noticed uh, a headline in one of the major newspapers that said there's communities in Idaho that have seen a 40% increase in their population because people want to leave the urban centers and get out to the country, uh, even if that's a small town. Boy, that's wonderful, right? If you're a business owner in that small town, but boy, can it cause some challenges, stresses on housing. Also taking a look at the infrastructure, power, uh, internet, things like that. I talked about it with Deb Brown. She is one of the co-founders for Save Your Dot town. It's a website that's got resources available for rural community leaders that are trying to figure out how to attract people. And then once those people get there, how to support them, how to give them a good quality of life. It's an interesting mix and one that Deb talks more about. They did a recent survey that also shed some light on what you and I may think are challenges in rural communities versus the leaders that are there trying to deal with it. Well, I can tell you that people's minds, challenges from the pandemic were not as important as the long existing rural challenges. So those continuing things like housing, business and population, um, lack of workers, 
stiff competition from online businesses. All of that still rang true for rural communities, small businesses, um, and we found that out on our survey of rural challenges. As far as people coming home or coming to small towns, your your media, your large-scale media will tell you that um, originally they were all coming, right? And then it's like, okay, well, now they're going to the suburbs. But what we're seeing is people from those communities are now having families and kids, and they want to come back home. And we're seeing more of that kind of thing happening in the small towns, which is perfect, right, to bring our 30-year-olds in there their families back home. Yeah, I agree. It is perfect, but it's also kind of a perfect storm if you're not prepared. And that's where Save Your Dot Town kind of comes into play. You guys try to coach communities up on what to be prepared for, where to prioritize, don't you? Um, actually, every community is different, Pam. That's what's interesting. So if I tell um, Madison, Wisconsin, one thing, I can't say the same thing to any other community in Wisconsin because they're all different. So what we do is listen to what they tell us. So what are your challenges? Where is it that you're having some dilemmas? And then we have conversations and share the stories from other communities that are doing things that work. So we don't come in with a template, Pam. That's the last thing we want to do. We're a preconceived plan. That's not who we are. We're rural people, and, and we know, we would never dream to bring somebody, you know, I wouldn't come into your town and tell you what to do. Right. But right. I will listen yeah. and help you find a way to go. And I think listening turned out to be an important skill for sure in light of the pandemic and the unique challenges. Again, Deb Brown's along with us. She is one of the co-founders for Save Your Dot town. That is a website where you are going to find some very interesting thought-starting ideas and resources for folks that are in rural communities. Maybe you're on the town or county board and you're seeing these unique challenges about internet access, uh, school capacity, uh, businesses, as uh, Deb said, employee availability all coming to bear. Well, these are the folks I want to try to help. Are there some consistent challenges that we're seeing? I grant you that every community is different, Deb, but are there consistent challenges that uh, we're dealing with when it comes to uh, the the rural community? Well, lack of good employees comes in first place. Everybody was having problems with that. Um, And I think part of it is so many people had an opportunity not to work and explore their own options as entrepreneurs. So they're not going back to the jobs that they had. Now, that's my personal opinion. Um, that not enough good housing is another one. Downtown is dead. Losing young people. Those are all in the top five. Tell me about some of the success stories that you have had. Uh, this is not the first time that you have been trying to work with communities to uh, find the, the, the positive side of being in the country. Tell me about some of the successes just to give people a tactile sense of what can be done. Absolutely. You know, I just started working on a project with my local people, and we're calling it Art Local because we have several amazing artists in our community, and a couple of us got together and said, let's do a gallery showing. So we found a place, a new sponsor, and we just did it. We didn't ask for permission. We didn't go to the city and say we want to do this. We just did it ourselves. That's the important thing about rural communities. You don't have to have permission for 90%, 97% of what it is that you want to do. 
So um, that's one quick solution. And our opening is on Friday night. And who would have thought a town of 8,000 would have a gallery showing with world-famous artists? Well, we do. And look around at your small towns. You can bet that there are entrepreneurs that are doing very cool things that people don't know about yet. So finding those um, individuals is important as well. That what you were looking for, Pam? Absolutely. You know, the other thing that crosses my mind, Deb, is that people don't tend to come up with those ideas or take those actions unless there's a carrot at the end of the stick, namely something like a grant or some foundation that uh, is financially contributing. What is the limiting factor there? Is it the good ideas? Is it the money? Tell me a little bit about that mix. Well, I don't think you need those grants to get started on small steps. That's what we do with the idea-friendly method is you gather your crowd, you build your connections, and you begin taking small steps. And then you're not depending on a $20,000 grant that you don't know if you're going to get or not. And now you're into the whole planning thing and you have to wait years. That's frustrating for anybody with a good idea. So there are ways to begin by taking those small steps and working with the people you know and that like your big idea. You know, you're also talking about uh, creating a culture. I think about where I grew up, a small town, small community, northeast Wisconsin, where everybody knows everybody. Sometimes uh, creating a new culture may be your greatest obstacle. How do we get around that? (laughs) Well, you can't listen to the committee of negativity, first of all. Let them just go do their thing, because there's always going to be a couple of people that are loud and negative about everything. But the way to begin is just work with the people that want to work with you. Gather your crowd. You have a good idea? Call somebody. Call your friend. Hey, what do you think about this? Or share the idea. Or better yet, listen to the ideas that other people have that they're talking about and offer to be part of the solution instead of part of the problem. You know, and uh, I absolutely believe in that. The only hard part, how do we keep our energy up, Deb? Not every first attempt, even with a great uh, community consensus, is necessarily going to succeed. How do you coach people through a little bit of failure, too? That's a really great question, because failure is important. You have to, if you're trying all the ideas, all the ideas are not going to work. But it's an opportunity to learn what didn't work and decide, do we go forward, try something different, or do we go help somebody else? We have to stop looking at failure as a bad thing. And we're trained to look at failure that way because everything ends up in a big plan on a shelf somewhere. And if you fail, everybody in the world knows about it and it's a big failure. Well, let's get rid of that part of it and let's just take small steps and try all of the ideas where then failure becomes a valuable benefit. Talk to me a little bit about some of the success elements that have helped. I see on your website, saveyour.town, that you've got a little bit of uh, guidance, if you will, things that uh, you help provide when people want to work with you. Give them a little sense of baby steps that might trigger the idea, the conversation, the connection, Deb. So first of all, we do a newsletter, a free newsletter every week, and I encourage everybody to sign up for it because we will keep you positive. That's how we look at things and we share ideas, and we share the stories from other communities. Every month, we focus on one of the rural challenges and create a video around that topic. So you could 
look at the list of videos on the website and you could say, oh, our downtown is dead. Maybe I need to watch this video and I can bring a couple of friends to watch it with me. Or I can go over to the chamber and watch this 30-minute video with a couple of chamber members. So it's, it's being in the conversation and sharing what you're hearing and that's what we do. We, we share the positives, we share the ideas, and we give suggestions as well. And those are just two things where we can be involved. We do on-site visits as well and speak at conferences and um, events and activities. That's Deb Brown, along with co-founder Becky McRae, who have put together a website where rural communities across the United States are turning to try to deal with an influx of people that want to be in rural communities and to try to make sure that they're attracting those businesses that are so vitally needed. Go to saveyour.town website and see more. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. How is it that we can have smokers' lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. I'll be here to hear what's on your mind. Kids want to share what's going on in their lives with the adults around them. Parents, grandparents, teachers, coaches, and more. They want to know you're listening, and they want to listen to you. They want your input and guidance, early and often, on all kinds of topics. When it comes to a serious subject like underage drinking, they want to know your expectations, as well as how and why, as a young person, they should avoid alcohol. How you talk about it will change as your child grows, but the important thing is to talk about it. Not just once for an hour when you think the time is right, but in 60 one-minute conversations and more that are part of your everyday talks. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. On a beautiful start to a Friday morning, even if it is the 13th day of August, Friday the 13th, time for ag weather. Brought to you this morning by Compure Financial. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us this morning. Boy, I'll tell you, I don't care what you've got to do outside from mowing lawn to uh, making hay or maybe enjoying the Wisconsin State Fair or anything that's going on. This looks like one of those weekends to really be enjoyed. Yeah, I'd like to just photocopy, you know, from today through about Sunday or Monday. We could just play it back a few times because it would be a nice break. Yeah, and we deserve it. We deserve it after this week. 
Well, yeah, after storminess and, and localized heavy rains and tornadoes and, and before that heat and humidity, it's kind of nice to get the break, and that's how it's going to work for us heading right into the weekend. The front that finally cleared things out just off to our southeast this morning lines up from lower Michigan down into northern uh, Illinois, uh, southeast Iowa, northern Missouri, down to Kansas. There's some rain down along that boundary. It stays down to the south, southern Iowa into Missouri, down into southern Illinois. None of it will crawl back up into Wisconsin. We stay dry and enjoy some sunshine. And overall, winds out of the west and northwest over the next couple of days will keep some very comfortable conditions in store. The temperature's a little cooler. That dew point, the humidity down a little bit as well, should feel a bit more comfortable. A nice break for us, the livestock, the crops as well. I think we'll all benefit from a little lack of heat and humidity for just a couple of days. No precipitation, no big storms holding off in the wings, ready to climb in. In fact, I expect we stay sunny and dry right into next week. What about Wednesday before a scattered shower or storm may redevelop? So until that time, sounds very fine indeed. I'd say if there's some hay that needs to be made, eh, probably not a bad time to think about it. You've got a few days in store from today right on into early parts of next week. I'll have forecast details right after this. Armor Animal Health believes that prevention is the best medicine. That's why Armor Animal Health is your integrated solution for preventing disease in your herd. They bring together the lab, the products, and the veterinarians to treat the problems your herd is facing. Respond with a plan to maintain your herd's health and act before the problem worsens. You can order herd health products and supplies online at ArmorAnimalHealth.com. Armor Animal Health, Protecting diseases, defending animals, delivering promises. ArmorAnimalHealth.com Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Get insurance from a company who knows Wisconsin and cares about your community. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer, but did you know they also offer competitive home and auto rates? Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more about products and discounts. All righty, Stu, let's have that forecast. There's a lot of folks, I mean, they're still digging potatoes. They'll welcome this uh, weather for gardeners. If you've got cucumbers to pick or snap beans, any of that stuff, this is the weather that will help get it done. Oh, I've got to go out and hit those tomato plants again. They've been left alone for a day or two. They're probably red. So let's look at a very nice picture with sunny skies today. A lot of upper 70s. There may be an 80 here or there, but it's not going to be real widespread. The west winds about 5 to 10. We stay clear overnight, mid-50s with the northwest winds at 5. Sunny skies on Saturday, another beauty. A lot of upper 70s, maybe an 80 here or there. The west winds about 5. Sunday, a little warmer. Sunny skies, low 80s. Winds become south about 5. I'd expect to be around 80 or so on Monday with sunshine, Pam. Just a nice spell right through the weekend starting next week. Should be a great time for State Fair just to get out and enjoy, if nothing else. Well, let's see if they can rally their numbers. I know earlier in the week things were looking good, but not a record breaker. Maybe they'll bring it on big time starting today. It would be the weather for it. Yeah, it would. All right, buddy, we'll catch up with you on Monday. Enjoy every minute of it. Well, I'm going to do the best. You too. <laughs> All right, see ya. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, joining us live this morning for a fantastic Friday forecast. Uh, don't forget, uh, be it rainfall or other weather-related news items, always happy to hear from you. Go ahead and use our Midwest Farm Report Talk 
text line. We haven't talked about it for a while. 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. And let us know what's happening in your backyard. Your Friday Ag Weather Update brought to you courtesy of Compure Financial, your financial partner committed to agriculture and rural America. Visit Compure.com. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Attorney John Rihala with Clifford and Rihala. When you ride a motorcycle, you can face serious risks from cars around you. It's a fact. Some car drivers don't watch for motorcycles, and they don't see you. Even if they do, some cars don't give bikes the space they need to drive safely. A collision between a motorcycle and a car can be devastating. If this happens to you, we can help. At Clifford & Rihala, we know that motorcycle riders can suffer life-changing injuries in a crash, and we can help you recover the compensation you deserve. If you or someone you care for has been in a motorcycle crash, call Clifford and Rihala for a free consultation. We'll fight to help you receive your maximum recovery. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. Every customer that drives into our shop is a preferred customer. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. When you need service, we automatically hand you a preferred customer card. It's good for specials and discounts, like a free oil change. And a courtesy inspection. Tom'sAutoCenter.com Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. You rarely think about it, and it often goes unnoticed until your basement or building floods. A reliable sump pump can be a lifesaver, preventing flooding by detecting water levels and pumping the water back outside, away from your home or business. If your sump pump isn't functioning, contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. They can replace your existing sump pump, floats, and check valves. They'll even upgrade your current system to include a battery backup system. The battery makes sure your system continues to work in the event of a power outage. Away from home, receive pump activation alerts on your smart device. Enjoy peace of mind and improve the value of your property with an upgraded sump pump from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. This is the story of Daniel, who was born two months early. His lungs weren't ready. His heart wasn't ready. His parents could only hope that one day he would leave the hospital healthy, and they would all live happily ever after. Daniel's is just one of the more than 500,000 stories of babies born prematurely last year. You can help the March of Dimes stop premature birth and bring more babies home healthy. Learn how at marchofdimes.com. Working together for stronger, healthier babies. Hey, there goes Pam Yonke in her suburban truck across Wisconsin. Thanks to Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original, authentic, still family-owned since 1965. And by your dairy farmers of Wisconsin, 
Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin exists to be a tireless advocate, marketer, and promoter for Wisconsin dairy farmers by growing demand for their dairy products. Keep up with Pam on social media, Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook and Twitter, and at MidwestFarmReport.com. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body. And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes. Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. Affecting learning, memory, attention, and impulse control and priming the brain for other addictions. Vaping products also come in kid-friendly flavors that can make them appealing to youth. And many kids also use other drugs, like marijuana and vaping devices. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media, many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping, because when you talk, they hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. If your walls could talk, what would they say? I have sent children into fits of rage. I am responsible for a child's speech impediment. I am the reason a child can't read. Just because you can't see lead paint doesn't mean it's not on walls, doors, windows, and sills. Today, lead paint poisoning affects over 1 million children. If your home was built before 1978, log on to leadfreekids.org or call 800-424-LEAD. Brought to you by the Coalition to End Childhood Lead Poisoning, EPA, HUD, and the Ad Council. How about this nonsense, the Packers nonsense? It's a good thing that Rodgers isn't playing in preseason, right? Now we get to see Jordan Love. Yes, it's a good thing, right? A hundred percent. They don't need any, you know, Rodgers hasn't taken a preseason staff in a handful of years here, Evo. You know, they, they don't need him, you know, out there for three, four, five series. It, you know, it's, uh, football is so much different than it was a generation ago. You know, back, back then, far played in, in some of these games. People probably remember, you know, there was a preseason game in, I want to say 99, it was Ray Rhodes' year that, that Favre broke his thumb um, in, a, in a preseason game and, and then, you know, struggled you know, gripping the ball and throwing the ball in the early part of that season. There's, there's just no, no real upside, um, you know, to having Aaron Rodgers play. And, and undoubtedly, Jordan Love needs all the work and all the reps humanly possible here. He's probably going to play 75, 80% of the snaps through the preseason. Banker will get the rest. Um, you know, I, I would tell fans to be patient. None of this stuff is going to happen overnight. I, I was looking yesterday, Evo, in Aaron Rodgers' first two preseason games, he was combined two of thir- or sorry, three of 13 for 14 yards is what he was in his first two preseason games. Three of 13 for, four, for 14 yards. Um, you know, so it, 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 it may not be super pretty right away. It, hey, it may be great. What, what, I, I can't wait for Saturday night to find out. It's you know, I, I guess the positive from, from Jordan Love's standpoint is it's probably coming against one of the two or three or four worst defenses in football. Um, you know, so he, you know, he's not jumping in against whatever Tampa Bay's number ones or something like that. He's, he's you know, he's going to see a, a ridiculously bad defense. He's, he's going to get a ton of work next week and practice against another team, Evo, when the Jets come to town, which should be a blast. That should be a lot of fun. And, and then get that preseason game at Lambeau as well before the Bills and in week three. So we're going to learn a lot about Jordan Love here in the next, what, 16, 17 days, Evo. I, I, I can't wait to find out. Yeah, same. Rob Reichel joining us right now, Forbes.com, Conley Media. Give him a follow on Twitter for all the good stuff, too, at Rob Reichel. So, uh, Robbie, 
I mean, beating the dead horse, obviously, of the story that is, excuse me, Rodgers and the Packers, yada, 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 yada. But there's other things happening, right? There's players trying to, you know, make the final cut that's eventually going to happen here. What have you been seeing in all of these practices, you know, leading up to the first preseason game? Who's, who's kind of jumping off the charts uh, here for the Green Bay Packers that's catching your eye? You know, even overall, I would say it's been a relatively quiet camp. I don't, you know, I, I remember back, for example, the like '09 when Michael Finley just jumped off the page, and you know, you you, you could see he he made that jump from rookie to second year where he was going to start, you know, maybe taking this league over a little bit, and, and he did for a stretch at tight end. And I, I I wouldn't say there's been a breakthrough player like that, you know, quite. Yeah. Quite through the preseason. Now, maybe the preseason games change that evil, but, you know, what, what I think is fascinating is, is there's a lot of jobs on the line. There's, there's some pretty close battles going on, and, and they're going to be determined here, you know, over over the three preseason games. That, you know, we, we got a hint last week from Brian Gutekunst. He had a press conference late in the week. You're at left tackle, right? Which leads which leads to a lot of uncertainty at the, you know, in the interior. Uh, John Runyon, Ben Brayton. Those jobs are going to be won here, Evo, in, you know, in, in, over the next three weeks in, in the course of these preseason games. Evo, if Eric Stokes jumps off the page um, in some preseason games here, and if he's wiped out, I'm not sure Kevin King gets that job back. Uh, you know, when he, when he returns off off the puff from his from his hamstring injury, I guess theoretically Evo inside linebacker is open a little bit right now, but, but Campbell and Barnes have, have certainly kind of stolen the show there. And, and, and seem to be locked in as, as the front runners at, at those positions. But but Evo, keep an eye on some rookies here. You know, it's, it's, like I already mentioned Stokes. You know, you know, keep an eye. For example, I mean, if, if Amari Rogers lights it up this preseason, does does, does he make it a Randall Cobb almost irrelevant on a game day? <laughs> you know, if, if TJ Slayton, who's at a good camp, continues to, to play at a high level, is he a guy you can get 30, 40 snaps out of? You know, on on a Sunday, and they get a nice defensive line rotation. Then working with with him and Clark and you know Lowry and and, and Tiki and those guys up front because they certainly need some depth there. So I you know I would really keep an eye on the rookies. Evo, I I, I think it was a really strong class that that Gutekunst put together. Um, you know they're they're going to get a you know they're going to get an immediate starter at center out of Fires. The kid from Ohio State. Rob, you're saying that uh, Brian Gutekunst. You're saying Gutekunst put together a strong draft class, and Rodgers wasn't involved in the decision making. This is blasphemy. Yeah, it, it, isn't it shocking? Connecting producers and consumers one story at a time. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Boy, the weather this weekend is going to be beautiful. If you've got anything outdoors planned, including the wrap-up of the Wisconsin State Fair, today, sunshine and 79. Tomorrow, sunshine and 79. Sunday, sunshine and 81 degrees. I'm Pam Yankee. Now, from the Alcivia Farm News Desk, here's what's happening on a Friday. So day, today, Friday, the 13th day of August. On this day in 1918, the first woman enlists in the United States Marine Corps. Her name, Ofa Mae Johnson. She was actually assigned desk duty at the Marine Corps headquarters in Arlington, Virginia, but she was the first on this day in 1918. On this day in 1961, construction of the Berlin Wall started. Remember, that was designed designed to divide West Berlin from East Berlin. It was built by the German Democratic Republic, or basically East Germany, and uh, obviously was in place for decades. 
And on this day in 1981, the very last broadcast of the Waltons on CBS TV. Hands in the air, if you remember that one. Well, now you know. Well, we also know that now the U.S. Department of Agriculture is expecting a far smaller corn crop than they had even just a month ago. Yesterday, the USDA crop production report came out, and it did surprise the marketplace. Most traders and private analysts expected that in its new crop report Thursday, USDA would cut its previous forecast for corn production, but not by as much as it did, not by 415 million bushels, but that's what happened. Lance Honig with the USDA Statistics Service said the crop would be 14.75 billion bushels. Lower than folks were expecting, in fact, falling just outside the range of those expectations. So this number uh, does appear to be a bit of a surprise. And for some folks, a disappointing corn crop in aggregate size for the market. That's USDA's chief economist Seth Meyer, and the market reacted right after the report was issued. Corn futures jumping 5%, even though that 14.75 billion bushel crop would still be the second biggest ever, 4% bigger than last season. Of course, corn, not the only forecast USDA adjusted downward from last month. Estimates were cut for crops like wheat, rice, soybeans, and cotton. Gary Crawford reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Thanks, Gary. In Wisconsin, we are lowering our expectations on our corn and soybean crop as well. Now, according to the Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service, we're looking at our average yield on corn at about 167 bushel of the acre. That's down 7 bushel compared to last year. Same kind of situation with soybeans. The average yield in Wisconsin's estimated at about 49 bushel of the acre on average, down 2 bushel compared to last year. Now, the wheat forecast in Wisconsin, better than last year. Our average yield in winter wheat this year, about 76 bushel to the acre, up 5 bushel compared to July forecast, up 7 bushel compared to a year ago. Now, there are other crops that we've got to keep an eye on as far as estimated yields. For example, in the Pacific Northwest, one crop that is suffering is their barley crop. And now analysts believe that that barley crop shortage could actually impact food production as well as beer production. This is Laura Wall, an Idaho barley producer. Considering the heat early in the season, forcing plants to flower and head earlier, there's concern about quality and yield. Also, in some of our dryland areas, which are not a large percent of our total production, the dryland areas are where we're most concerned about yield, and it will affect beer production. It could affect beer prices. It could also affect livestock feed prices and food prices for food barley. Laura Wilder, she's an Idaho barley producer, still wondering and worrying about how big their crop will be this year. We'll take a quick break for a State Fair update back with a look at markets in just a moment. This Wisconsin State Fair update is brought to you by Armor Animal Health. Detecting diseases, defending animals, and delivering promises. I'm Michelle Singler, joined by Isaac Zarecki, the Public Education Manager of Wisconsin State's Cranberries Association. So Isaac, tell me about your booth that you have here. So about two-thirds of our booth space is educational demonstrations, and then we also are selling some sweets, some merchandise. New for this year is our cranberry cake pop, four layers 
piece of yellow cake with cranberry filling dipped in chocolate ganache. That's from O&H Bakery. We also have some white chocolate chip cranberry cookies from Melody Cookies, dried cranberries, juice, hats, and shirt. We also have new this year cranberry photo booth opportunity, so you can kind of pretend that you're in the marsh with the waders on. And then next to that, we have a uh, educational video that kind of lets you know all about cranberries. And we have some floating berries in a small box along with some vines. We have a lot of interactiveness here, but what I am really interested in learning more about is the idea of how the cake pop filled with cranberry goodness, how that came up with. It was a really good idea from our friends at O&H Bakery. Originally, we wanted a cranberry pie on a stick. Obviously, the way the pie is shaped, it didn't really work out well on a stick, but maybe a cake would do a little bit better. So we made a couple samples. They did a phenomenal job, and they're delicious. They're very popular. We've been selling a lot today, so people are excited. It's a cranberry filling, kind of like something you'd find in maybe like a donut or something like that. Basically the same thing that would go into a cranberry pie. So we're in the products pavilion right across from the Cherry folks, Kitty Corner from Emil's pizza. If you want to find more information, you can catch our website, wiscran.org. And that was Isaac Zarecki of the Cranberries Association here in Wisconsin. This Wisconsin State Fair update is brought to you by Armor Animal Health, serving animals and farmers since 1982. Detect, defend, deliver. Visit armoranimalhealth.com. So like we said, the markets yesterday reacted big time to the U.S. Department of Agriculture's crop production estimates. In overnight electronic trade this morning, we're mixed. Right now, December corn's actually down a penny and three quarters at 571. November soybeans are up nearly six cents at 1346. And September wheat is up four at 757 a bushel. The dairy markets were pretty quiet. Barrel cheese, block cheese, both unchanged on Thursday. The AA butter dropped a penny to $1.67 per pound. Fluid milk's a little lower this morning. September milk's down 17 at 16.75 a hundredweight. October milk's down 15 right now at 17.11 a hundredweight. Hey, I hope you have an opportunity to listen in on some of the conversations that we've enjoyed with the recipients of this year's sesquicentennial and Century Farm Honors. It happened on Tuesday at State Fair Park in West Dallas, but we've been working for probably the past month or so to try to collect the audio stories from these farm families, something that they can share with the grandkids, the great-grandkids, or just keep for themselves, and something that we can listen in on to learn a little bit more on what it's taken those families to try to keep their farms in their families for that long. Many talking about how their relatives trace back to uh, fighting in the Civil War. Many of those sesquicentennial farms were in place in Wisconsin before Wisconsin became a state. Some fascinating stories shared by those families. Now, they are available on our podcast at MidwestFarmReport.com. You can kind of scroll through, see the names of the families, as well as what county their family farm is in, and uh, just click on the button, and you'll be able to listen to their conversations. Again, that's part of our podcast, available at MidwestFarmReport.com for your listening pleasure. All right, we've got more food news to come. It looks like some more dividends headed out the doors for those folks involved with Compere Financial. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Looking for that unique one-of-a-kind engagement ring, something 
that you can customize yourself. Maybe a gorgeous pendant necklace, diamond earrings. The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique funky diamonds, one-of-a-kind pieces, stuff you won't find anywhere else, and price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone? Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street. Goodman's Jewelers. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection. Summer savings are yours at Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection. Replace your water heater and softener in the same visit and get a $100 discount. We've got you covered 24 hours a day, 7 days a week for all your commercial and residential plumbing services. From installation, repairs, and maintenance to complete sewer and drain cleaning. Visit MononaPFP.com. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection. A name you can trust when services are What's the one thing that can ruin any fishing trip? Not having a boat. Lucky for you, Mad City Power Sports has a great selection of 2021 boats in stock. You'll find incredible deals on America's number one selling fishing boat, Tracker. Like Fast Trackers, starting at 14120. Don't get left out on the shore this year. Get out to Mad City Power Sports. Off the interstate into forest today. MadCityPowerSports.com. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. We're catching up with our friends from Compure Financial. Of course, you can find them online, compure.com. And remember, they've probably got a Compure Financial location very near you right now. Joining us is their president, CEO, and that is Rod Hebrink, to talk a little bit about uh, some of the conversations that are already happening You know, this year, of all years, Rod, we are really noticing kind of a region-by-region approach to the cropping season. Some folks have had a lot of rain, even standing water that remains. Other folks were impacted by an early frost back earlier this spring. Many folks continuing to look drought in the eye. And you're just kind of reminding folks, having those conversations with your Compure Financial Advisors all the way through the growing season, not just when things start to be harvested, is kind of important, especially in a year like this, huh? Well, that's absolutely right. And and you've kind of hit the whole gamut of what's been happening out there this year. And in our territory, which reaches from, you know, northern Minnesota through central Illinois and, and most of Wisconsin, we've got all of those scenarios with wet pockets in Illinois, a lot of dry conditions in Wisconsin and, and southern and western Minnesota. Uh, and so you have producers impacted if hopefully we're past the frost uh, issue, but there's a lot of folks dealing with drought. And if you're in a position where you're going to have to harvest early, we know we have some farmers who are going to have to take forage early. Um, there are special provisions in crop insurance about how you make sure that you get that appraised and covered in crop insurance. So don't take it for granted. Contact your compere crop insurance agent. Make sure that you understand the rules ahead of time because it's a lot harder to 
correct things after the fact if, if everything's been harvested and removed from the field. Yeah, right. Uh, and you think you can leave a check strip, but in this day and time, especially given the different percentages on different crop insurance, a lot of those kinds of things, it can become an issue. Uh, Rod, let's talk another side note, uh, more positive side note, we hope, and that's about Compere's annual patronage uh, dividends. Uh, it's continuing to be a challenging time for agriculture and, in turn, many of our agribusiness providers. Tell me a little bit about how Compeer is approaching fourth quarter of this year. Well, you're right. It's a challenging time, but I suppose every year brings its challenges in agriculture. In general, the mood in agriculture is pretty optimistic because we ended up 2020 much better shape than we thought we would financially, both with uh, improved commodity prices as well as various government programs through uh, payroll protection programs, the, the CFAP payments, and so on. And so agriculture had, a, had a overall, and everybody's individually, so it's hard to make a blanket statement, but overall a really solid year. And then we come into 2021 with improved commodity prices, and there's a lot of optimism in agriculture. At the same time, we have to deal with hiccups along the way, like drought and frost or too wet conditions in, in some locations. Um, and so, you know, farmers are, are optimistic. They're looking forward to to uh, the harvest this fall. But, yes, there's always that matter of planning for year-end. We'll have a lot different scenario for planning for taxes this year. We have potential for tax changes in the works. So it's important that they talk to their tax provider, whether it's Compeer or someone else, whether they talk to their loan officer, make sure that they understand their own conditions and can adjust their finances accordingly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what about uh, patronage dividends from uh, Compeer? How is that looking this year? That's an ex- oh, This is an exciting time of the year for us. August 1st is when we distribute uh, the patronage checks. Actually, those checks, most of those checks were mailed on Friday, and each of the marketplaces deal with it a little bit differently. Most of them go in the mail because there's over 30,000 checks, and, and, uh, but we also have some hand delivery of checks, some events in some locations to distribute checks to to stockholders, but this year Compeer is paying out $145 million in cash patronage from the business that our clients did with us in 2020. That's a $20 million increase over where we were uh, the previous year. So we feel really good about that, and it's, an, it's a reflection of, of the, the solid performance that, that Compeer has had, how that portfolio has performed, how our clients have collectively performed, and that's really the benefit of being part of a cooperative organization of being able to share in the success of the organization. And so we're really excited to to be able to return over 40% of our earnings in cash patronage to our stockholders, totaling $145 million this year on top of about $52 million that we paid out earlier this year. You know, and if people had been kind of following along this year, Rod, uh, we had uh, news releases that we published on how Compeer was trying to continue to make sure that it was protecting its bottom line, protecting its good credit rating. Uh, tell folks a little bit about how that all plays in on being able to provide these patronage dividends. Well, we have to return, retain a certain amount of capital to continue to grow the organization and, as you mentioned, to balance and manage risk in the organization. And the mantra that we follow in, in within Compeer, because we're a lending institution, that means managing our risk. So we're in the business not of avoiding risk. If you're going to lend money, you're going to take on some risks, but managing that risk along the way. And uh, 
over the last several years, the portfolio has performed extraordinarily well, even through some challenging times, and our clients have made lots of adjustments within their own operations to make sure that they can weather the downturn and enjoy some upturns like we're, we're experiencing now. And that comes down, comes back to the patronage program because the, the success of the organization, if we're able to, to balance that risk in the organization, we have, we have good, solid earnings. We don't have to retain as much for the risk in the organization. We can pay a higher level of patronage. And that's what we've seen the last several years. We're now at $690 million of patronage paid out since we formed Compeer in 2017. Man, that is just incredible. I mean, honestly, folks, if you think about it, given the tumultuous times that we've lived through in that period of time, it is really amazing to see uh, that kind of strategy. How many people are always focused in on that side of Compure's operations, Rod? Well, you, you can, to a certain extent, that be- collectively belongs to all of us. But you know, we have uh, roughly 200 loan officers in the organization who are that first line of connection with our clients and understanding that risk and helping clients make decisions. And then you have uh, the underwriters in the organization, another 150 or so. But we have a specialized group who are, who are running scenarios in the organization of oh, six to eight individuals who are looking at scenario planning for what the organization can weather, how much capital we need to retain, um, to understand the what-ifs that might happen, not just individually for clients, but collectively and the impacts to come here. And that really provides us with a wealth of information for making those decisions as far as the level of capital that we need to retain and how much we can return to our stockholders in the form of patronage. If you're just joining us, this is Rod Hebring, President, CEO of Compure Financial, uh, not only encouraging farmers to keep up on your conversations with your crop insurance providers and your Compure uh, advisors because of the erratic weather we're still dealing with, but also bringing good news about those patronage dividends that you should already have uh, seen in the mail or it will be arriving shortly. For those that are on the outside looking in on that good news, Rod, uh, tell them how they can get to be a part of Compere and see, hopefully, those kinds of patronage dividend benefits. Well, of course, Compere is in the business of financing agriculture and rural homeowners. And so if, if that, that's who you are, we'd love to talk to you about the financial needs in your operation. Because Compere, agriculture is who we are, what we do. We are here to enrich agriculture and, and rural America. Uh, and, and so we'd love to talk to you about the, the needs and, and help you in your operation. So you can uh, go to Compeer.com and find one of our offices, call into the 800 number that's there, and we can get you directed to a loan officer in your area to connect with and, and talk to you about your financial needs. Another example of how Compeer, which is a cooperative can pay you those dividends and keep you in business as well as expand that horizon, especially if you're looking at uh, maybe a rural lifestyle. Compure.com or check in with your local